0: Hour number three, Darren, Donnick, and Chase here on this Tuesday afternoon. Hope you're enjoying eating lunch and listening to us. Mitch Light from Athlon Sports. We talk college football with him this time every week. Mitch, how the heck are you?
1: I'm doing very well, Darren. How are you? You you look like you're mobile. I am. I am
0: upright and moving,
1: which is all you can ask for. Are you able to uh, kid pitch yet?
0: Uh, we'll find that out this weekend. Ooh, Tournament, quick, and quick, Ooh. bounce back. Yeah. What if you're unable
1: out? to go? Is the pen ready right away? Like, have, like are you an opener? And they're going to. We have made ready? arrangements okay. for
0: just in case that the the bullpen needs to. Okay, just know needs to be there. Caught
1: off guard, a bunch of little yeah. kids without
0: a pitcher. No, you know? no, we we are making plans for. But I, I did my first physical therapy yesterday, and I told the guy, I said, "Look, I feel good." I'm actually surprised. This is six days now. Today's a week. I said, but I have no idea. You're going to tell me, is this where I'm supposed to be? Am I behind? Am I ahead? You're going to tell me this today. And you know what he told me? He said, I'm ahead.
2: You're just, uh, very nice.
1: Such a so physical I'm specimen. Like, just, all right. They don't get many like you through the, through the well, offices.
0: if I'm being honest, and I've said this on the show, I'm actually a wimp, so I'm surprised that I'm ahead of
1: schedule. <laughs> you know who you are. That's good. Self-awareness oh, I, is yeah, very important. Yeah.
0: No, I... I don't make any bones about that. Um, let's start with LSU because I think they are one of the really intriguing stories in college football. And Saturday night was fun. That was yes. a great game. And I told Chase on Friday, and we did our pick six, I said, "How we all said all week, how can LSU be a 13-and-a-half point favorite over Florida? And I said, you know why I'm taking LSU? Because we've said all week, how can LSU be a 13-and-a-half point favorite over Florida? Vegas always knows something. In the minute we question their line, you're going to get burned by it. So I said, I'm taking LSU in the points because they know something. And sure enough, they win by 14. And uh, But it was a nice back-and-forth game, and they, they get the late touchdown to win by a couple of scores. I wonder what Le- – I know Les Miles has got his own thing going. I can only imagine if he wasn't coaching what he would be thinking right now. But I wonder what is going through his mind because this has been talked about for so long with LSU's offense – and now here's the guy that everybody had on a hot seat. Nobody thought was going to make it. It was almost like a desperate hire, right? They wanted Jimbo Fisher so bad. Then they went after Tom Herman. They just they couldn't land their big fish, and so they settle on Orgeron, And here they sit right now, the number two team in the land.
1: Well, it's it, what it me. You know, the, you your compliment for Ed O for uh, talk about you understanding being self aware. Ed O was self aware, realizing that the LSU. Uh, program needed to change some things offensively Mm -hmm. to his credit he tried to do it with Matt Canada and that was two years ago that was just an awful fit I'd I'd probably blame on both sides uh, but Edo didn't like what he saw earlier and he kind of interjected which is not good when your defensive minded head coach starts going into the offensive you know meetings and all that so um, so a little sidetrack there, but then they went out and found and found Joe Brady, who's obviously done a tremendous job, who's actually not the offensive coordinator. Everyone thinks he's the offensive coordinator. He's the passing game coordinator. The ironic thing about what Les Miles is thinking, he just fired his offensive coordinator, Les Coning, halfway through the season. And I don't have Les Coning's resume in front of me, but I remember... When, was less passing too much? Why, uh, why did he get fired? They just weren't. Well, they weren't good on offense. But yeah, I don't know specifically. But he was a very less Miles-esque hire. Uh-huh. He was an older guy who coached with Miles, I believe. Never really ran the most dynamic offenses. I'm like, you're at Kansas. You can't just do what you no. did at LSU and expect right. to move the needle. Took him a half a season. They promoted from within a young guy who was a Gus Malzon disciple. So there you go. We'll, we'll, we'll see there. But yeah, in this day and age, and kind of to bounce around. I'm sure you guys wanted to talk about Georgia. The thing about Georgia that to me that stands out right now is when they're doing their thing and they're running the ball and playing defense and special teams, it's great. It's old school. You know, we we, we we've recruited great. We've got all these players, but when they lose a game like that, Georgia fans say, "Hmm, look what LSU's doing. Look what Alabama's doing. You know, Nick, Nick Saban kind of opened things up a few years ago. Look what all these other elite programs, Ohio State are doing offensively. Why are we stuck in the Less miles, you know. Mm. They, they, they Georgia to me is playing a lot they, like they LSU did stuck. a few years ago. Okay, not really opening things up as much as they they could or should. Um, and it, you know they did they faced a South Carolina team with a really good defensive line that put some pressure on Jake Fromm, forced him to three interceptions, and and um, their seasons they they could still obviously make the playoff. But when you looked at their schedule that at home that was not one that you even thought no. could be a speed bump
0: twenty five point favorite, and really. They just You kept waiting for it, and it just never happened, right? Well, was you just because, kept going, okay, of, okay, Georgia's going to get something going here. And it just never happened. South Carolina, you have to credit them. And Helensky gets hurt. Right, that's the thing. down to the third-string quarterback. Their kicker stunk. South Carolina's kicker stunk. He could have easily cost them
1: the game, and it was ended up being Blankenship of yeah, all people. Right, who's been one of the best kickers in the country. And, you know, that's the thing. Georgia was moving the ball, so you kept – Waiting for them to okay. Well, they'll get up seven. They'll get up fourteen. They'll separate them. So sort of like the Tennessee game, you know. Right. You know they they struggled, but they, you thought they were the better team when you were watching those teams on the field. and They are the better team if they played again this Saturday in Athens. I'd pick them to beat South Carolina again. Uh, but just teams like that that don't play a lot of close games. When the game gets close late, I know they got a veteran quarterback and all that, but the pressure starts to mount, and you can. It's almost worse being at home in that regard. You you can sense the. 90,000 people, like looking like what's going on here. We we should not be in this situation against South Carolina.
0: I was at the Georgia game. Was not able to make it to the LSU game in person. But you've been there and you've seen both teams up close, personal, right there on the sidelines. How do you assess LSU and Georgia right now? Like, what is the gap
1: truly in your mind? Well, George, I, I mean LSU is a better team in my opinion. So, George, just take George,
0: away. I realize we're on the heels of just coming off a bad loss, but. Did you think yes? That? Yes.
1: Uh, what, what I would have said right afterwards, after seeing both teams, is Georgia is LSU is the better offensive team, and Georgia is the better defensive team. And that's kind of talking to the Vanderbilt coaches. That's kind of what they thought, you know, before the LSU game. Now, when Vanderbilt played LSU, they they had three starters missing on their front seven. But I still think Georgia is probably a better defensive team. But I think the gap between LSU offensively and Georgia offensively is, is enough to make to, to, to make you know give the edge to LSU. Like if they played on a neutral field this week, I would. I would pick LSU. What do you guys think? LSU would probably be about a three and a half point favorite or more. That seems right. That's about right. Yeah. Uh, So much talk
0: about you know Clemson receivers or Alabama's receivers,
1: but what is it? Chase, Jamar Chase, Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. It was a Jefferson borderline two three star recruit. Are
0: ridiculous. I mean, you could make a case they're the best receiving tandem in the country
1: yeah I, I after or during the LSU game uh Cole Kublik was on the sideline uh working SEC network and you know he sees the league you know and knows the league well I asked him that same thing I said how would you compare LSU's wide receivers to Alabama's because I said to me they look better or as good you know I haven't seen Alabama's in person this crew this crop He goes, LSU's are more I mean Alabama's are more track guys they'll run by you LSU's a little more power hmm. in, in athletic um but I, I think LSU Alabama's core is probably a little deeper you know, Waddle, they Smith, they, they they go a little deeper than than LSU's, and LSU's had some injuries. But you're right; those Burrow is, is so good at delivering the ball. And that's I was on a radio show in, in Omaha, Nebraska, and they wanted to talk Nebraska. That wasn't fun. But <laughs> the guy asked me, the host asked me about you know this LSU offense and all that. I said it is great, it is phenomenal. Joe Brady, give him all the credit in the world, but let's see where they are next year. You know, not saying that they they can't be good or won't be good, but I think Joe Burrow is so good, so poised, the perfect guy for this offense. I don't know, like Miles Brennan might be the quarterback next year. I don't. We can't sit here and expect to plug him in and and average forty points a game. So I think that's that will we'll see the sustainability. Like Alabama's offense is great every year. I don't think it's the system. I think it's the players. You know, you got Tua, you got wide receivers, you got running running game. I'm really interested to see what LSU is next year with a different quarterback.
0: How did I mean, can you, can you imagine if Joe Burrow was out on the free agent market today? If he was in the portal, what it would be like. So, how did they get an Ohio kid out of the state of Ohio? And I'm not doing the call right. <laughs> and cow herd, that whole thing with Urban Meyer, but an Ohio kid away from Columbus, away from Ohio State, and how did they get him to a program? That isn't quarterback you. So, how did that all play out? Because today they would be lined up for miles for Joe Burrow. So, how did LSU? I remember
1: the the, the recruitment after, you know, he uh, lost the job to Dwayne Haskins. His dad was a longtime offensive coordinator, I believe, at Ohio U under Frank Solich. In fact, he just retired this offseason to watch his son play. And I think it came down to Cincinnati and LSU. Cincinnati was, although they've got a good quarterback, too. It was more, Cincinnati was the safe in state pick. Sure. But he wanted to test himself against the best. As you can tell, as we know now, he's a really confident kid, and he wanted to go play against the best with the best. And sure, LSU had a reputation of, you know, being kind of stagnant offensively. But if you look around the landscape, there was nothing, you know, who's the the Purdue kid who, uh, who, who had his eligibility had been exhausted the transfer from purdue who went to lsu i'm trying to blank on his name well so the, the only competition for the job last year would have been miles brennan who okay. was a true sophomore so i think he looked at the denny etling it was the guy that's the yeah, he'll, so he'll, i yeah. think he looked at this like i've got to ch- if i can beat out this miles brennan kid i'm gonna be a starter for two years at lsu he he follows recruiting he knows what running backs he knows their offensive line and in wide, in wide receivers so you know, obviously he made a really good choice there. Um, but I think it's just a case of a kid looking to play big-time football. To te- you know, he was at Ohio State, lost a job. He did not want to go play in the AAC. He wanted to go play in the SEC. So everybody's caught
0: up in LSU right now, and I get it. It looks really good. But November 9th is setting up for the college football game of the year. It's in Tuscaloosa, so let's just play Sports Talk Radio game. If it was in Baton Rouge, do you think LSU would be the
1: favorite? The slight favorite. Okay, one thing about betting lines, and you guys know this, and sometimes I'm off because it's not necessarily what Vegas thinks. It's it's based on the public perception, and I still think right. Alabama. So I'd say no. Okay, but it, it's going to be a it, field goal or less? right? Yeah, I think uh, right now, no. If they didn't play any other game, if the game was this week, I would probably put I, I would put Alabama. I, th- I would think Alabama might be a six point favorite in Tuscaloosa.
0: Okay, so you think the game uh, there will be? I think because a of public perception. Yes. Okay.
1: I. I would not hesitate to pick LSU. You know, I have to, I have to see what happens over the next few weeks. Here's the thing: LSU looks really sexy offensively, but Alabama's going to light them up too. I mean, this game yeah. it, it might be it might be you know well what a Big Twelve they, game might did break. Did they out.
0: skunk them last year in Baton Rouge? Twenty-five
1: nothing, right? Yeah, they they blanked them. Yeah, I and mean, they so, got shut out in Baton Rouge. But, but I
0: think both teams will score a ton of points. Okay. Do you think LSU has a real shot at this? Yeah. Do you think yeah. they can I, really win yes. the game? Oh, definitely. Like I know everybody's caught up in it, but when it comes down to it, it's still Alabama. It's a home game. Do you think LSU? Yeah, Alabama's shown some
1: off? vulnerabilities defensively. They're mm. very young. They got some true freshmen out there, and they haven't been great. They've been good. That you know they haven't been as dominant defensively. And uh, you're playing a g- really good scheme and a, and a veteran quarterback. I, I would, I would be surprised if the loser of that game scores less than twenty-eight points. Wow.
2: Wow.
0: Interesting. And meanwhile, Alabama's a 35-point favorite this weekend.
2: Yeah, well, that's to be expected.
0: (laughs) 35 points. All right, we'll come back. More with Mitch Light from Athlon Sports. On the other side, ESPN, 102.5, the game. Don't forget on Thursday's show at high noon, we make our silly underdog picks. Yippee.
2: Chase. Chase. We both were closer, but we and so far away.
1: I had two uh, outright – I do picks against the spread on our website. I had two outright underdogs winning. I had Tennessee covering the spread and winning, picked them to win, and then I had Louisville plus seven against Wake covering and winning. So hmm. doesn't happen often, so I thought I would brag about it. And a Navy plus one, but I know that doesn't really count.
2: Hmm.
0: Well, thanks. Carry thanks on. for that. Carry Mitch. on.
1: Hey, it's not often when I get to flex the gambling muscles there. That uh was
0: rubbing her nose in it. Hey, guys, I know you've been losers all year, but I made some winning picks. Let me give them to you. Uh, You, the listeners out there, get to pick three games every week, and we've got weekly winners, so it's not too late ever to join. We've got tickets to either a sporting event or a concert in this market as weekly prizes. You can go to TheGameNashville.com or ESPN, the Game Nashville mobile app, and play now. Of course, silly underdog picks sponsored by Volunteer Hose and Gasket.
2: All right, Mitch, we gave you a segment before we uh, had to jump into this, but Vanderbilt UNLV, a not a very good UNLV team, comes in and gets a pretty decisive win. I just, I see, I see a lost football team right now. That's that's just what I see. I mean, you you have Riley Neal, Deuce Wallace. I mean, neither one can really get the offense going, and and then the defense they're just not able to stop anything. So I I can't. other than that though,
1: things are yeah, great. Er- right? Yeah, other than that everything's
2: good, you know. I other but I can't put my finger yeah, on no, it. Okay, I mean, what what is going to fix there it.
1: There is no way to sugarcoat that game on Saturday in any regard, you know, losing what 31 to 10 to one of the worst teams what had been what has been one of the worst teams in the country this 34 year. To 10. 34 to 10, excuse mm. me. Uh poor play on offense and defense. Uh you know, if, if Willie were around, we we could kind of commiserate about this since we, you know we were in school together since my freshman year at Vanderbilt in 89 the only game that really rivals this is uh, losing to SMU in 1990 when SMU's second game back second season back from death uh, the death penalty when they beat Vanderbilt like 41 to 10 or 44 to 10 I- in Dallas um, yeah just nothing going on either side of the ball um, the troubling thing, too, is, you know, you, you, you sometimes you see scores like this, and you, you look at the box where you see the highlights, oh, there's two pick sixes, a blocked field goal, or something like that. No, there's none of that. There's some light turnovers for Vanderbilt after the game was out of hand, but there's nothing fluky about that. Like, if you didn't know anything about those two teams, you were at the game, you'd say is better, and if they played next Saturday, UNLV would win again. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of problems with this team right now. The Quarterback play is just not good. It's not, I don't think, you know, I don't know what they expected, but it's not good enough. They've waffled back and forth. There's talk, you know, that Wallace might start this week. There's talk they might even go to Mohassan, who's the third, you know, walk on transfer who started his career at Syracuse. So looking for answers, Keyshawn Vaughn was outstanding again. Yep. And if, you know, wasn't for Keyshawn Vaughn, this offense would might have struggled to get hundred total yards.
2: It's just—it's mind-boggling to me, if, you know, with the quarterback and that they can't find one that can just get a little bit of rhythm going. It's Keyshawn Vaughn that does it. So, do you think it's the—is it the scheme? Is it just the personnel? Yeah,
1: yeah that's a great, thats a good question, and and I would really like to talk to someone who you know who knows better than me. I never pretend to be an X's and O's guy. It does seem like there's not a lot of guys open. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in last year there were more guys open and it's pretty much the same cast of characters. I thought Andy Ludwig last year did a really good job with Jared Pinckney and he would talk to me about that a lot. You know, Pinckney was a, a marked man last year even with, you know, Vaughn and running running the ball and, and Kalijah Lipscomb. They, they moved him around and got him open a lot. There's just, you're looking, there's not a lot of guys open. But then, you know, sometimes it's tough for me to see from the sideline, but I rewatched the game on TV and there's guys open and the quarterbacks aren't hitting them too. So it's not, it's, you know... it's Everyone has something to blame there. The offensive line, you know, has not been great by any stretch, even though they're, you know, they're healthy and intact. They're not, you know, the Keyshawn Vaughn's getting a lot of it on his own. Um, So I don't know. But again, you know, 30, 40, you you can losing out of Ole Miss isn't good. Losing, getting blown out at home to LSU and Georgia isn't good. But they pale in comparison to really what happened on Saturday.
2: What would you say at this point? And we, you know, talking to Derek Mason last week, we're going to talk to him coming up at 1 o'clock. I mean,
1: I, I could hear the
2: frustration in his voice. And, I mean, you feel for him because I think he's he's throwing everything he has at this team right now, and they just can't figure it out. So what's going to be, at this point, the best-case scenario for them? Because they've now lost a game. they that, that chalked was, up as a win. Yeah, that you, you look at the schedule and go, okay, well, that's there's one towards the six. Now well, well, clearly, I, I don't
1: know. Right, clearly, if they don't play better, the only team they're going to beat is ETSU. I mean, clearly, yeah. they're not good enough right now to – to to beat an SEC team on on their schedule, if they continue playing because like let's
2: be honest. I mean, it's not it's very a uh, slow clip, but Tennessee's getting a little bit better. I mean, they're coming off a, yeah. a win they had to have. Oh,
1: definitely, definitely. So you know, yeah, I, I deal with Coach Mason a lot in the locker room after the game. You know, getting him ready to interview Joe Fisher or you know, Joe Fisher interviews him, and, and you know, he just. It was sort of like last week, you know, different levels. Like mad one week, frustration another week, and just last week, it just looked like someone didn't have the, an- you know, it was looking searching for answers and couldn't find the answers. And you know, it, it's. I keep repeating myself, but it starts at the quarterback. If you're not getting good quarterback play, it's really difficult to to move the ball. Mm-hmm. If you can't stop anyone, you know, UNLV had not run the ball well at all in recent weeks. They did earlier in the year, and then against some poor teams. They had not run the ball well early. They had like seventy-five. They averaged like seventy-five yards rushing for the season, or something like that. They had seventy-five yards in the first half. So they're moving the, the offensive line. They're getting big yards, and then they play action for a touchdown. It's just like not, nothing was working on either side of the ball.
2: Play Missouri this week, and uh, we talked to Rod Gilmore earlier today, who had their game last week and was very complimentary of Missouri and Kelly Bryan and that you know they're a team that coming out of the gates struggled a little bit but now that they've gotten into a rhythm i mean they look like they belong atop the sec east along with the georgia and a florida um and you know they they come to town it's another home game i think this is going to be a tough one for vanderbilt to try and get anything going because missouri is just clicking right
1: now yeah two things on missouri i think we, we might look back at that missouri at wyoming game 37-31 as like the weirdest yeah. w- weirdest scores i i haven't done this recently but i used to write like the 10 weirdest scores like in the offseason on our website yeah. you just go back and like that 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 box score makes no sense but one thing about missouri not necessarily for this week going forward they played five straight home games they lost to wyoming on the road then they beat West Virginia, Southeast Missouri State, South Carolina, Troy, and Ole Miss. All at home. So, I'm with you. They're good. The, the, the computer rankings like them. All the analytics like them. But let's see them go on the road. You know, the after Vanderbilt, they go to Kentucky. Then they go to Georgia. And then they get Florida and Tennessee. So, they will be challenged. I'm not I'm not ready to anoint them as, you know, I, I would still put them third in the East. As far, if I'm doing a power poll, behind yeah. Georgia and Florida.
2: How does Georgia rebound? They got Kentucky this week, so you kind of feel bad for Kentucky, but that was a bad, bad loss in South Carolina. I mean, we've talked about Will Muschamp. We had the kind of the hot seat conversation last week. I, I think a win no like more. that saves your job at least for another year. But yeah, they did they, they did not look good. To yeah, end Will, that
1: Will, loss. on that note, Will Muschamp um, said after the game that there's no one in the stadium except our players, our players' parents. Who, and, and then he caught himself and he said, and Ray Tanner, who believed we were, w- we're going to win that game. Uh, that's the athletic director there. Because yeah. we've talked, I've talked, that Ray Tanner, and I don't think it's just lip service, has really had Will Muschamp's back. So all this hot seat talk I thought was for naught because, you know, mm. Ray Tanner believed in him. So I, I, he made a point to say, my guy believed in me and we got it done. South Carolina, for for Georgia, you know, they just, I think they need to be a little more dynamic on offense, um, but, you know, they, they from who's been, almost flawless in his time as a starter. You know, rarely makes a mistake through three interceptions. Um, it's clear they don't have the established playmakers on the outside, like the LSUs, and Alabama, some teams like that. They're young, those guys. You play a lot, and, and some of those guys are five-star uh, recruits. They're just not experienced enough. So I, I still think they're good enough to win the East. I think that Florida-Georgia game is going to be great. We've seen, you know, you guys saw the stat, I'm, sh- I'm sure, since the playoff era started, what, there's been like five top, Three teams to lose to an unranked opponent at home, and four of the five made the playoff. You know, I'm probably botching a little bit, so it's far. So from, you're
2: saying they're not it, they're not out of it, and they dropped a tenth, which yeah,
1: I mean, by by no stretch of that, because you know if they they will have a win over Florida, they'll have a win over Texas A that's nothing special. They'll have a win over Auburn and a win over Alabama if they run the table. You tell me that's not going to get in the play. Yeah. Winning, winning the SEC championship with those three quality wins, there's no doubt they'd make the. Problem. But I think they have
2: to win the SEC championship. Yes, yes,
1: yeah. Their margin for error is, is slimmer. And now, when we, we we say that, but if the team that we saw on Saturday shows up every week, then they're not going to win the SEC. You know, they've got to go back to where you know, what we think they can be at least.
2: Yeah, Jake Fromm. That was that was not a Jake Fromm out. You think he'll look good in blue, though?
1: Just, just wondering Titan blue. Yeah. I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. He would not like, be I'm my very, top guy. You know what? I'm yeah. very curious to see how burrow and Fromm end up grading out for the next level. Yeah. Fromm has that look of a stereotypical NFL quarterback. You know, he's tall. He can move enough, uh, smart kid and stuff. But, uh, I'm. I'm interested to see you know where the what would be interesting if Jacob Eason goes ahead of him in the NFL yeah. draft. I mean, doesn't
2: because I've seen his name in a lot of rankings. So
1: yeah, so I I think there's a really good crop of quarterbacks this year. Um, I don't you know don't pretend to be a scout. I'll be interested to see where Fromm sits you know after the season after the combine senior senior bowl and all that. Well, he won't be at the senior bowl because he's a junior. But uh, I'll be interested to see where he ranks. There's
0: going to be a lot of quarterbacks come out that's going to get yeah. people's attention. It's just a matter of. Well, they translate to the NFL level, I mean, which is couple, always
1: we yeah, have wild cards like Jalen Hurts and, right. and Kelly Bryant, yep. and, you know, Herbert. I, and and you I, say, yeah. well, Herbert, oh, look at that, the
0: big tall. He's exactly what. Yeah, but Oregon quarterbacks, for whatever reason, it right. just hasn't,
1: right. hasn't been great at the next level. KJ Costello at Stanford has been hurt. There's just off the top of my head. There's there's it's going to be a good crop of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. All right, more with Mitch Light.
0: On the other side of Darren Donick and Chase, he's with Athlon Sports, ESPN 1025, the game. Mitch Light, Athlon Sports in studio with us every Tuesday starting at noon. So let's talk about some of the other teams and find out as we sit here in mid-October if you believe they are true contenders or do you think the wheels, I don't want to say the wheels are about to come off, or, you know, some losses are coming. Losses are just around the corner because we talked about Alabama. We talked about LSU, right? So let's start With a couple of Big Ten teams. Let's start with the Badgers. Wisconsin. Their defense. Ridiculous. Four four shutouts this year. I mean, the number one defense in the country.
1: Are they legit? Do you think the Badgers are legit? I don't think they can, will, or can win a national championship. I think what happens, I think they're playoff worthy. Are they good enough with Wisconsin? To win a national championship, in a three-game period, they'd have to beat Ohio State. Assuming Ohio State wins the East, and then some form, some combination of LSU, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma. Can they win three games in a row? I don't think they can. I think they're limited offensively. They're just not dynamic enough.
0: Here's an interesting point is about it just the pass because they can run. Yeah, we know they can run. But yeah,
1: just they don't have the
0: dynamic pass. They've passing.
1: got Quintus. Uh, Quintus Cephas is a really good wide receiver, but they don't. Other than him, they don't have the the amount of weapons. At, at receiver and Jack Cohen's had a nice season at quarterback, and you know could prove us all wrong. They have to date. Here's an interesting stat that I just was talking to someone about. Wisconsin has outperformed the spread better than any team this year. Just you know, if you have add bit, covered every game, yeah, they've covered every game, or wow. just the, the the margin of victory with the spread, whatever, whatever that formula is, add them together. Wisconsin has outperformed the spread. LSU's two, I think, and it's not even close. Uh, so Wisconsin, you know, a lot of that is, you know, when you win forty nine nothing and sixty one nothing, you're going to outperform the spread. So I think they're a a fascinating team, but you know, they've given up twenty nine points all season. It's crazy.
0: They are they're points for and points against. Um, there's quite a gap.
1: Forty two point five to four point eight.
0: Yeah, I was going to say 255 points they've scored, 29 as you mentioned is what they've given up.
1: And their yards per play, the average 6.3, they give up 3.1. So they basically they're more than doubling up their opponents on every uh, every snap of the ball, which is pretty good.
0: Yep, four shutouts this year. The only two teams they didn't shut out and they were in control, the Michigan game, you know. They, I think it was 35 nothing and then Michigan tacked on couple late touchdowns uh, northwestern actually put 15 and i think northwestern
1: i think wisconsin might have scored at least one defensive touchdown against northwestern that's the one game if you want to you know try to poke some holes in them you know against a team like northwestern you need to you know winning 24 to 15 with only one with at least one defensive touchdown we'd like to see more but again we're poking holes in the team that has four shutouts here couple weeks
0: from now they'll be in columbus to take on the ohio state so with that being said even with passing deficiencies, can the number one defense
1: in the land be good enough to get it done? I really wish this game uh, were in I know. in Madison. Yeah, I'd, I'd feel a lot better. You know, Ohio State's interesting because you look at their schedule, especially with Nebraska not being as good as we thought. Like you could argue Cincinnati's the best team they've played. I don't think that's a stretch. Yeah, they haven't really played anybody. Right? They beat they beat Cincinnati forty two nothing. They won at Indiana. Beat one at Nebraska. Michigan State. They play Northwestern this week. Then you get Wisconsin. I mean, they get Wisconsin. Penn State and Michigan. It's a three-game season for them. Uh, so, you know, I, I, they'll be favored in every game, especially since the Penn State game is at home. So uh, they, they're still my pick right now to win the Big Ten. I'm intrigued. I don't know if you want to bring up Penn State. I'm intrigued by Penn State. Very, very good defensively. And I know their offensive numbers aren't out of this world, but I think James Franklin's answering some questions. A lot of pushback I got in the offseason, you know, talking college football was, what's James Franklin done without Joe Moorhead at Penn State? And it was, that was a valid point. You know his offense took a step back last year, after Moore had left for Mississippi State. Also, you know they lose Saquon Ball- Barkley and they lost some other weapons. Well, you know Ricky Ronnie's the play caller now, who's who's been with him since his days at Vanderbilt, and they're, they're, they look pretty good on offense to me. I like their scheme; they get their playmakers out in space. So uh, I, I, this has been a nice bounce back season for Penn State. And you look at that roster; they are set up to be really, really good next year.
0: Hmm. I've watched Iowa the last two weeks against Michigan and Penn State. Iowa's offense is just atrocious. It's very Iowa-esque. <laughs> it's it's worse than even years past. I mean, they, they're awful. I mean, they, they can hold anybody. Well,
1: they held, what, Michigan to 10 points on the road? Yeah, you give up 27 points. Win. Right, and you've and got back two to, losses. 27 points in back-to-back games, and you've got two losses. Yeah. You know, they play two good defensive teams. I know Michigan's had its issues, but that's a good defensive team in Penn State is, as well. But, you know. Uh, they beat Iowa State eighteen to seventeen, you know, Rutgers, MTSU. Yeah, it's it's a I mean, I hate to use the cli- you know, cliche or whatever, but it's, it seems like a typical Iowa team that's they've got a, a veteran quarterback who's good but not great. Their running game isn't quite what you think of it as Iowa. They lost those two tight ends who were both first round picks. That's gonna hurt any offense and they're good on defense and they're probably gonna go eight and four and that's a that's a that's a typical, that, typical Kirk Barons. Yeah, Iowa Yeah, I mean few programs. Have an identity as much as Iowa has an identity. Now you can, you know, you can say that's a good identity or a bad identity. We don't really know because Kirk Ferentz has been there for twenty years, so we right. don't know what else they're capable of. It could be a be careful what you wish for, or it could be a Mark Richt situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you never know. I I would think that they have a their ceiling at Iowa is lower than, the, than than the Big Ten bl- blue bloods. You know, Iowa's not obviously not a lot of in-state recruits and all that, um, but. That's why, sort of like Wisconsin, they have an identity as a program, Wisconsin ceiling has been higher than Iowa. I don't really know why um you know it's but they're similar programs. Does
0: that conference get a representative in the in the playoffs
1: the big Ten, yeah, yeah, I'd be surprised if they don't this year oh, really okay yeah, I think, I think Ohio state between Ohio State, Wisconsin, and penn state okay who who's going to get in that's a I'm not answering that question. Well, I mean, I'm just you, you <laughs> say,
0: "No, we know they've been snubbed, yes. right?"
1: And so you, but this, Iowa, this but Ohio, you've got, you've so Ohio State hasn't had its big loss yet. You okay, know, but let's I'm, run not, I'm assuming
0: it. they won't. We haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, but I mean, I'm assuming you're going to tell me that you think Oklahoma is going to, they're going to come out unscathed in the Big Twelve, and so you can't toss Oklahoma out. They're going to get in. Clemson, you're going to get in And SEC. At least a team is going to get in, if not two.
1: Okay, let's let's do this way. I think there's basically I think there's five teams for four spots. The way I'm, we're going to do it here, I think we're going to assume Clemson because of their schedule, right? And, and, and then I think we're going to assume SEC team A, whatever whoever that yes. is, Alabama or LSU, probably. yeah, or, yeah, or Georgia, or, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia yes. whatever, Georgia, which would help the SEC probably. And then and then you've got Oklahoma, Big Ten, SEC team two. So I think right now, and then Oregon's a dark horse. Oregon's a team that has not given up more than seven points in a game since the Auburn game. I watched them. I don't see it. Great great defense. Yeah, but, I mean, gosh, they had to
0: come back at the end to beat Cal at home two weeks ago. I mean, they were. I thought they were going to lose that game. They were like a 19-point favorite. They almost lost that
1: game. Yeah, and they just lost their best pass catcher there. So, I I, I mean, I could could pick four teams right now, but it would just be a a guess. I mean, I I would pick – like I said, I picked Clemson, Alabama, LSU, and Ohio State.
0: So you think Ohio
1: State's unique? No, I I it? just said that. I mean seriously, so I'm Oklahoma. just I'm just I'm just at the top off the top of my head. I just I you know, Oklahoma they, could lose to Texas in the championship game like they did last year. They could lose to Iowa State, you know. Hmm. There's what did last week teach us? Unexpected losses. Yeah. If I was if you asked me that same question in this chair last week, I would have had Georgia. Yeah. Right. I'd say Georgia and LSU or Georgia and Alabama, but- and they're not dead by right. the way. No. Georgia's not dead; they right. can. I mean, right. they have to run the table, but they're not well, dead. And,
2: and then doesn't that set up a situation that if Alabama, well, LSU or Alabama, one of the two runs the table to the SEC championship game, and then they lose to, to Georgia? Georgia. It, that's setting up for two teams, right? You, I from mean, the SEC again. I don't think you disqualify a team for losing in the SEC championship game when they've been undefeated they're all year. Right.
0: They're not going to leave. They're not going to leave out. I don't believe the the georgia l s u winner if they lost to georgia in yeah. the s e c championship game i don't think they get left out and then you're going to take the s
1: e c champ right so right. Th- then what i let's talk in december we'll find <laughs> out i mean it's it's fun to talk about but you know every week the scenarios get fewer and fewer there's there's you know, you know team a team will lose here or there. You know, uh, Alabama and LSU will play. The, the loser won't get knocked out. But things become more clear every week. Um, I, like- I,
2: I think it's still interesting that the loser of that game, depending on how the game goes, how close it is. Like, if it's I a I know shoot where you're going. out yeah. to the very end, and then let's say LSU loses on, on a last-second drive, and that's their only loss, and then Alabama loses to Georgia, I mean, you, you got a mess because – all three of those teams have a have a legitimate case, and so do other teams.
1: Here's what I like about this scenario this year, and it's going to stink for a team that left out. I think we have more than enough really good, fun teams that will all want to see in the playoff. It's not Notre Dame's fault they lost in the playoff last year. People say they didn't deserve to be there. I don't agree with that. I think any team you put at number four probably would have gotten blown out by Clemson. Look what Clemson did in the next round. I think we were searching for a fourth team, Last year, where they'll be, where this year it'll be difficult to leave out that fourth team or fifth team. I think there's there's more really really good teams this year. By the way, Florida, we've just left them for dead. They lost in LSU. They're
0: not dead either. I mean, they they can beat Georgia if they right. beat Georgia. They're in the same boat. They're going to get to the SEC championship game, and they'll have the opportunity to knock off. Either yeah, I mean, Alabama
1: or you, LSU, and they you, they could get in too. Utah's playing very well. They've got a, th- what, a three point loss at USC. Their, their their offense has been incredible of late. They they win the Pac twelve. They'll be in the mix too. Notre Dame's past keep them out no matter what. No, I don't. I, their past should not keep them out. They should be judged. Uh, this team should be judged as if it's Notre Dame's 2019 team. I know there's some you know human nature that they might not do that. I think Georgia losing does not help Notre Dame at, at all. Um, but you know, I, I just kind of—I I, I don't like subscribe to that theory. Oh, they lost last year. Well, so like I said before, a lot of teams were lost in that spot. A lot of teams were lost to Clemson. Yeah, I don't think and it's 2012. I don't was think it's the losing ago.
0: last year. I think it's the pile-on theme, and it's it's fair, but it's out there, right? Well, I don't, I don't Dame, think it's fair to judge every the, big game Notre Dame they lose, right? The big games they lose, so that's out there. You know yeah. that stigma's out there, and if it's a if it's a human group, the human element in play. You have to believe that'll creep into the room,
1: right? I would hope the, the committee, the coaches in the committee would not just say because they've, they, they lose every perceived big game that they do not belong in the playoff. Now, they didn't play great against USC last week. They could have lost that game. So I think they've got a long way to go before they, we really talk about them as a legitimate candidate.
2: Let me ask you both this question. The key word, by the way, you just said was hope. Yes. You hope. You've talked to Bill Hancock, the chairman of the college football playoff, every year at SEC Media Days, and any time the conversation of expansion comes up, he's very quick to dismiss it and say, no, we're happy, everybody's good. Is this the year as things stand in week eight where there could be a legit argument that they actually have to look at it and go, we have six teams that really could be in? And I'm not saying, and I don't mean they're going to expand on the fly. I mean, like, that they actually have to get in a room and go, okay, should we actually consider expansion? I at think this
1: public point? sentiment affects that. And I think for years and years, despite what Hancock would say about we're not going to the playoff, the public pushed a playoff. The college football world pushed a playoff. And it eventually happened. If this happens, if this scenario comes to fruition this year, and then next year it's sort of like, oh, there's only three good teams, Yeah. then I think that's a setback for this argument. But if we have two or three years strung together, where there's some really really good teams and some name brands, whatever left out, then I think we see that push.
2: That's what has to happen, in my opinion. There has to be, you know, consecutive years where you have six to seven teams that are trying to to get in and could could deserve it. All right, all right. Yeah, six or eight would be
1: fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, I know. I'm fine with eight. I'm not like one of these hardcore like oh, it has to be this or it has to be that. Like I'm easy going, guys. You know me. Like I'll I'll watch anything, and you know, six would be fun. I think eight's the cleanest. Then you get to the whole argument, well, do you, know, do you have automatic qualifiers, or automatic right. champs? Do you, do you, or, buy, how does do, you work? do you want a, a Iowa team that's 5-3 and three and upsets yep. Ohio State? That's right. probably not the best for the sport, but it rewards championships. i want the, the eight best teams. Yeah. Would you, would you want the seven best teams and then a group of five automatic qualifier? I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to play the number one team.
2: Yeah, and then they're going to lose
1: every year. Okay. Maybe it gives you a uh, give incentive for the number one team. Uh, I don't know. I want. I think. I think. I think. In any eight-team playoff, you're going to see a group of five team. Yeah. I think that appeases.
2: At some point, I would almost like to see the group of five could have have something. You know, that have their own thing and and crown their own champion.
1: They, the the top group of five programs don't want that though. Yeah. Because they they, they want to be with the big boys. big boys, right? Yeah.
2: Mitch, good stuff. Thanks for doing
0: this as always. No problem. Enjoyed it. Mitch Light from Athlon Sports every Tuesday starting at high noon don't forget Derek Mason at one o'clock his weekly chat with us also we'll head to Vegas at 1 30 we'll come back close that hour number three next